Welcome to Find Your Sexy, the podcast that encourages self-love and celebrates female sexuality. I'm your host, Kelsey Valletta, and I want to help you discover your own unique sexy and learn to embrace it every single day. Thank you so much for joining me as we break the stigma together. Welcome back to another episode of the Sexy Soul series. I'm Kendall Merritt, the host of Soul Saturations, the podcast. And I'm Kelsey Valletta, the host of Find Your Sexy podcast. We are so excited to welcome you back to another one of our mini series episodes. And as always, we like to get started by honoring the woo and setting the mood. So if you are able, I invite you now to close your eyes and drop into the present moment. As you start to take a couple deep breaths, think about breathing deep all the way down into your belly. Maybe give yourself a little shake, shake it out, move your head around, roll your shoulders back, maybe stretch your arms up and just feel alive within every cell of your body. As you start to breathe in this feeling of expansion, think about how your energy field can expand from where you are and expand out to take up space within the room around you. Imagine your energy field expanding, filling the space, filling out, and think about your energy field expanding all the way out around you to those that you love the city around you, your state, your country, and the planet. Because our energy is a powerful, powerful wave that can ripple out and affect everyone around us. So as you start to feel alive, awake, maybe you feel a tingling sensation in your fingertips, in your toes, maybe you feel your skin alive and dancing with energy, have so much gratitude for the present moment. And as you connect with this energy of you, know that you are exactly where you need to be. And everything that is lining up in your life is just perfect for you. Everything happens in divine timing, divine unfolding. So all those desires that are deep within your heart, all those things you are longing for that you want, in your life, in your relationships, in your business, is already yours. When we connect to our higher self, this quantum realms, the spiritual side of us, we know that this version of us is already in existence, in the here and now. It's just about matching our energy to raise our vibration so that we can call our desires in now. We ask for the support of our guides, our team, and our angels that are of the highest and greatest good at this time to cleanse, clear, release, and unhook any energies that are not of the highest, that are not of our making, and are contrary to what we are creating for ourselves and others across all time and space, reality, and dimension. We call our power back to us so that as we expand, as we radiate love and light on the planet, we know that we can be in service of the highest and greatest good. And we do this in so much love and so much gratitude. And so it is. And so it is. Okay. Woo. 
I got like my eyes watering. I got really into that one. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I feel like we, we had a lot of energy today. So like move it around. That felt really nice. Okay. All right. So today we are talking all about desires in relationship. Why do we want to be in relationship? And then how does that really evolve over time? So Kelsey, when you start to think about those initial desires to want to be in a relationship, what are some of the things that come to mind for you? Well, when I think back to my first boyfriend in the sixth grade, um, which is so funny, right? Was you get older and you reflect back and think about the fact that you had a boyfriend in elementary school. You know, I remember at the time, a lot of it was solidifying, solidifying a title because we cared what other people thought, right? Like we, we wanted other people on the playground for lack of better terms or whatever, to know that this is my boyfriend and we hold hands and he likes me and I like him. So this is my boyfriend. Like you're not allowed to like him. You're not allowed to have a crush on him. That's, that's kind of how it starts. Right. And then as we get older and we develop more and we get to know ourselves more and we start to have passions, then it becomes about, you know, liking the, the boy or the girl who likes the same thing as you, right? You have similar interests. As you get older, you're, you want that person to be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you want a relationship with that person and so on and so forth. I think the, the more that we get to know ourselves, right. Mm -hmm. And the more, the more developed we become and the more that we start to really feel passionate about life and find the things that we're called to do is when we start to desire relationships that that take us to the next level. And then the relationships that require both people to go to the next level, which is of course what you are an expert in. And I can't wait to talk all about this with you, but I think it's so interesting to look back at when we first desire relationships and how it changes throughout time as we get older. What were your experiences with that? Oh, I love that. I think oh, going way back to like kindergarten on the playground, like, yeah, it's like, we just wanted somebody to be like, this is my boyfriend. He likes, yeah. me. like, they maybe like me. never actually had a conversation with him, but he was still your boyfriend. And like, yeah. he knew like that was your boyfriend. Or it was like, green's my favorite color. Green's his favorite color. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the extent of your conversation. But what I love about starting, like going way back to the days of the playground is it really highlights our natural desire to be in partnership, to be in relationship. Um, Our friend Lindsay Schwartz always says we're not meant to do life or business alone. Like Mm -hmm. we would be on the planet with 7 billion other people if we weren't meant to be in partnership, in relationship, in community with people. And I think like really looking at those desires to be in relationship, my experience was really similar. It evolved as I evolved. Um, And I think for me, some of the unique experience I had was what I witnessed in how I was raised. So my parents divorced when I was six. My mom was in a really unhealthy relationship that was abusive and alcoholic. And it was just a really not healthy partnership and relationship for a big 
transformational chunk of my life. From the time I was like seven or eight years old till I was 15 or 16 years old, my mom was in this relationship. And so I always grew up witnessing partnerships and relationships in a way that weren't always super healthy. Sure. I had like my grandparents were together for 60 something years and I had lots of influences, but I was, I always grew up questioning what should partnership and relationship look like? So when I was dating, when I was in relationship, I would at first like get into these partnerships and relationships and be like, wow, this person makes me feel really safe or really supported. And that feels good. But what I noticed is that I would stay in these relationships that weren't always super healthy. Mm -hmm. And so I really started, like I was, I ended up repeating a similar pattern where I was in a really toxic, abusive relationship and I feared for my life and I had to figure out how I was going to get out of this partnership and relationship. And that was kind of like the fucking spiritual two by four to the head of like, what do you really want? And why do you want to be in a relationship? And for a long time, I was like, you know, maybe I don't need to be in a relationship because I was doing so much work on myself and growing and evolving that I really started to look at that desire. And I think this is a great place to kind of talk about some of those more maybe unhealthy reasons why people want to be in partnership, why people want to be in a relationship. We've all been there. We've all been there. Like we all make choices of, well, this is maybe serving me in this moment, in this moment in time, but it maybe isn't serving the highest version of you or that higher evolution of you. So we either make the choice to get into partnerships that aren't of the highest and greatest good, or we choose to stay in them that aren't for the highest and greatest Mm -hmm. good. So what are some of the things that you've witnessed from the people that you work with, your friends that you've seen? Why do you think people get into relationships that are maybe not of the highest and greatest good? Ooh, what a great question. I think that no one wants to feel left out. Mm. I would say that that's probably the biggest one. I think everyone wants to feel like they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And unfortunately, I feel like somehow, sometime along the way, society created this timeline of what is acceptable and what you're supposed to do in your life, right? And for most people, it's like, you go to school, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, and then you die. Like I don't, I don't know, what, whatever happens in between there. But that's basically <laughs> like, it's almost like these expected life milestones and you must hit, you must hit these, these must happen. So I think a lot of people start to feel pressure, like that they're, they're a failure if they're not married by a certain time. So then they start to feel pressure of dating and getting in relationships. So then they can, so then they can marry someone, you know? And, um, I would say that that, that that probably is, in my opinion, the most common reason, the most common unhealthy reason why we tend to get in relationships. Um, you know, I had a very similar experience to you growing up. Like I grew up with parents who, were divorced and I never really had an example. I mean, you know, like, like, like you kind of said, like there were other adults that were married and had healthy relationships to my knowledge or around me as examples, but you know, not your, the people you see every day, which are your parents. And so I never really understood what a healthy relationship looked like. Um, so then my answer as a teenager was, well, I'm never getting married. Mm. Like, 
it obviously doesn't work. So I'm never going to get married. So I still like would date. I never had wanted to have anything too, too serious, but I, I still wanted to feel included. I wanted to have a boyfriend because my friends had boyfriends. And then, um, eventually I found myself in a relationship with someone who I was like, this is a dream come true. This is everything I could ever want. I love the way I'm being treated. This is absolutely amazing. It couldn't get better than this. And then surprise, surprise, he was a narcissist who um, actually ended up being completely emotionally abusive and manipulative. And at that point I was like, just, I kept thinking like, it's got to change. It's got to change. Right. Like it was so good. It was so good. And I had decided at that point, like, if I can love someone like this, like I for sure want to like marry this person. I want to get married. I want to find someone I love and get married and create a life with them. Absolutely. It's got to work. Cause it was this person, but of course it takes you then coming out of that unhealthy relationship doing healing. And now when I reflect back on my experiences with relationships and what I've personally been through with my parents' marriage and divorce, it's like now I feel like I use that as an example of everything that I know is healthy, is not healthy. I don't want, I do want. And now I'm so particular that, you know what I mean? Now I know exactly what it is that I'm looking for. And I'm And I'm not going to just be in a relationship with somebody because I feel lonely, because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But I feel like that's the trap that so many of us fall into. And I've been there. It's a dangerous one. Society tries to tell us how we need to be living our lives, but then it ends up having us in these relationships that aren't good for us. They're not really um, serving us. They're not helping us become our best selves. And they're doing more harm than good, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, I think society is such a huge influencer in how we think about life and relationships. And, you know, I think one of the like really clear examples is that we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on investing in our businesses or like looking to invest in marketing dollars and X, Y, Z things. It's like, no one expects you to figure out how to be good in business or like career coaching. Even if you're like in a corporate job, we're happy to spend money on that. But it's, it's as soon as we get into partnership and relationship and want to invest in that people are like, well, shouldn't you just already know how to do that? It's like, no, look around. You have no fucking clue how to do it. If anything, we were given so many (laughs) examples of how not to do it that we have to reprogram our minds to know that's actually not normal. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's not healthy. Yeah. So many ways. And so I think, you know, when we look at that, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be left out. I'm supposed to, this is the timeline track. Or like, oh, my biological clock is ticking. Like, I can't tell you how many 30s totally. and then I know that are like, I have to get married. And it's like, no, honey, your fucking ovaries are fine. <laughs> people who can take care and like help you think in a different way. I want like, that to be a t-shirt. <laughs> honey, your fucking ovaries are fine. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me, but that was amazing. Yes, <laughs> your ovaries are fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. If, like it, you... you like all the fear mongering yes. in the medical world of like, Oh, if you have a, if you're over 35, you're now in a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. Fuck off. Is I all know. I say with that. Yeah. So, 
anyways, story for another day. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole other topic, whole other topic. But I think when we really start to look at that desire to be in relationship, number one, it's okay to desire to be in partnership and relationship. Number two, take some fucking time to actually reflect on what does a healthy relationship look like to you? Because most of us don't really have an idea of what that is. And as you said, like you've done so much work, you've gotten so clear in what you want that all of your life experiences has given you really clear contrast, what you do want, what you don't want. And you don't need to settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast series, but I have three rules with any of my clients that I work with. Number one, don't settle. Don't settle for a fucking abusive bullshit relationship that you are excited about, that you don't want to be in. Like, number one, don't settle. This also applies in life too, but relationships, it's really standard and straightforward (laughs) there. Um, So number one, don't settle. Number two is to feel honored. I think this is where we start to, when we can say like, wow, it would feel really good to be honored in this, to be able to have a foundation of devotion and commitment and honoring and worshiping and like really feeling honored and respected and that feeling of love. Now we're starting to grow the fuck up a little bit and be like, Oh, like this is actually really important because when you can have mutual honor and respect of your partner in a partnership, then it's going to start to feel differently. And it's not settling. It's not taking less than what you deserve and what your valuable and your worth is like really, truly feeling honored. And then the third rule is have fun. Like so many people get in these relationships and they're like, I am bored out of my mind. I don't want to go to dinner with my husband or I don't want X, Y, Z thing. They're not even having fun anymore. And so, or again, it's like, it's like society's expectation that like you're a certain age now, like that's childish. Right. Like we stop having fun in general as we get older. And unfortunately that seeps into our relationships as well. Yeah, totally. We get so focused on work and our careers that kids, all that falls apart. Yeah. So I think that's really where we start to kind of evolve and say, okay, like now we can be ready for a partnership and relationship when we are really solid in ourselves and what we want, then we can start to get into relationships. So let's talk about being in partnership, being in a relationship. What are some of the things like the values that people look for of what makes a relationship feel good, feel healthy? What are some of the things that people want and desire? Yeah, I think when you get to a stage in your life, when you are ready and looking for, you know, uh, I, I like using the word partner because it really is like a, a person to do life with you, right? Like um, you're, you're ready and you're ready to be in a relationship and have a partner. I feel like as adults, when we enter relationships, we are looking to number one, I feel like be understood, mm. right? Like, I think that we are looking to be understood just as a human being and accepted for who we are because we all we all have flaws we all have you know qualities that we feel like makes us the king or queen um so being accepted and celebrated for who we are completely and then i think also being in a relationship that is a safe space for you to just freely be that person 
you know, and it's so interesting because as I'm saying that out loud, like those are things I never would have valued in a relationship at a younger age. Right. But they, they come to be the most important things that you desire when you enter a relationship with someone else. And I don't know, maybe this is just coming from me, but it's funny because it's not even about like how the person looks, what they do for a living. Like none of that is what the main focus is first and foremost, right? It's like the healthy foundations of the relationship, how the person treats you and how they make you feel. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Which is so simple. Yeah. It's so, we make it so complicated sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's a good point is like, when we really look at that thing, that's important to us, it is, it's like being understood, accepted and celebrated for who you are. Like you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to prove anything. I think those are natural desires that we have when we want to be in partnership and relationship, but creating that safe space to be yourself is so powerful and so important. And when we look at all those desires, those are natural desires. We are desiring the true deep connection. Yeah. And I think we're also looking to recreate this feeling of joy of like, wow, I've got somebody to do this with. Like, how do I create this joy, joyful energy, this place of feeling honored and worshiped and have fun and being able to go out and adventure and do life. And so I think those are all natural reasons um, that we want to be in partnership and relationship. And of course, looks is great. Sure. Yeah. That's something you value. You need to be attracted yeah. to your partner for sure. Some sort of attraction, but that's, that's not a key priority. Yeah. I always like to give, I like to help people come up with, with what I like to call five non-negotiables. What are your five non-negotiable values, traits, qualities, or characteristics? And these are the things that they often reflect your own personal values, but it's like, what do you have to have in a partnership or relationship that is going to make you feel safe? And you're not going to keep wondering, is there something better out there? Like what else would exist? What are the things that you have to have? Some people have more than five. I think five is a solid number to like think through. But for example, my five non-negotiables when I started dating. So I left that toxic relationship got really clear on what I wanted in partnership and relationship. Cause I was doing so much work on myself. I was like, I'm not going to date anyone like long-term be in partnership unless they have these five things. So for me, number one was a sense of purpose. You have to be working towards your purpose in life. Like you have to be willing to make an impact in the world. No offense, but like, I can't just date a yoga teacher. You got to like own the yoga studio and be doing bigger things in, yeah. in life. So it was really a sense of purpose was number one for me. Number two was communication, being able to have a really strong foundation of communication, being able to openly talk about things, be able to communicate in a way that we can feel seen, feel heard, feel understood, all those things of being acknowledged, being able to like laugh and talk about nothing, but to also be able to have have those really deep, powerful conversations. Uh, the third thing for me was a sense of adventure and spontaneity and well-being. So like really well-rounded, but also well-traveled. So it's like, 
it kind of was all inclusive of like eating well, living well, and experiencing the world in a beautiful way to really pull that piece in. But that fun sense of adventure and spontaneity is that third thing for me. My fourth thing was a like strong sexual chemistry and desire and physical touch. It's my number one love language. You got to be okay with a little bit of PDA. You got to be able to hold my hand in public, those kind of things. So like that piece and having a sexual appetite is really strong. So when I came up with these, I had no idea what I was going to end up doing as a career, but if you don't have a like sexual appetite, you you and I aren't going to mesh well. So that was really important for me. And then the last thing was a connection to source and spirit and universe and do that deeper healing on yourself and together really is what I was looking for. So I knew one of those five things was missing that my partnership wasn't going to work. I would always be like, man, like this guy's really great, but I wish that he was more spiritual, or I really wish he and I had better communication or I wish whatever the things are. And so that's one of those things that I got really clear on. And I think that's a great place for people to start. If they've never really started to look at what do I want in a partnership or relationship, that's a good place to start. Yeah. I was making a list of my five as you were talking about it. I was like, Oh, okay. Let me see. What would I, yeah, it's good. It's good to know and get clear on for sure. Yeah. And it can take a long time to come up with what those five things are. So make a list, put 150 things on there. Um, I think you've done, I I don't know, have you had Heidi be on your podcast yet? Yes. Yes. Heidi and I have done a couple, a lot of work together. And one of the things that I love that Heidi talks about, she says, create an ideals list. And she's like, do the like six foot three brown hair, blue eyes, whatever the things are like, you're fucking unicorn, put it down. Yeah. And at least it it's like you're speaking it into existence in the universe to say, hey, this is something that I really want. And so it, it can be really cool to start to dream up what that partnership and relationship looks like. But the way I like to think of it is those are the foundational values that you're going to have in partnership and relationship. Yeah, they're so important. Um, I wanted to ask you what, because obviously you, you work with couples, you like, this is what you do. What are some of the most common desires that you see come up with couples that you're working with, whether it's like, you know, something that they're working through because there's a conflict or I'm just interested to know what you see a lot. Well, communication is always, always, always a foundation. How do we have, I believe that different ways to communicate. It doesn't matter if you've been together for three months or 30 years, there's always ways to improve our communication. So I think communication is so fundamental and you can always add more tools to the toolbox in different ways to communicate. So I think that that's so foundational in any partnership or relationship, even if you already have great communication. So that's definitely something I like to work with couples on. But the thing that I'm really passionate about is, you know, it comes down to, we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the work that I have done in couples coaching and the way that I show up and work with couples is it's not what everybody's talking about. Like you can go find any general couples counselor, couples coach and get great information. I like to go a little bit deeper and maybe a little bit more esoteric and start to get into what are the things that we 
don't know, we don't know. So if we look at this idea for polarity, a lot of things that people, couples are looking for is like they want more spark or they want more intimacy in their partnership and relationship. But when we actually get into it, you know, one of the fundamental challenges and breakdowns is a depolarized or a resonant relationship. So when we want to create the most spark or energy in a partnership or relationship, we have to have what's called polarity. So masculine, feminine energy. If you go back to our last episode, we talked all about masculine and feminine energy, but to have a really healthy partnership and to have that spark, that juicy, yummy desire, we have to have polarity. So one person amplifies the masculine, one person surrenders into the feminine energy. Now, these are not gender specific. It can be same-sex couples, or if you're in a heteronormative relationship, it can be if I'm the woman, there are lots of times where I may be amplifying my masculine energy and my partner is surrendering into the feminine, but it's really identifying what is your natural essence? Where do you want to be? As a fellow women, woman entrepreneur, we tend to show up in that masculine energy so much more than we want. So a lot of the couples who come to me, they're like, I want more spark. But what we realize is that the female partner, I'm talking in a heteronormative context here, the female partner tends to be showing up more in the masculine energy. And then the male partner is showing up more in the feminine energy. And so the women are feeling burnt out, frustrated, stressed. The husband's like, "Mm, well, she doesn't trust me. She doesn't need me. She controls things anyway. So it's about reestablishing the polarity in your partnership because that's how you create sexual energy. That's how you create sexual desire. So we have this kind of conflicting desire where we want safety, we want security, we want some of that like dependability. So resonance is really important, Mm. but we also want spark. We want the polarity. We want the the difference within. And so Esther Peril has a lot of great work on this. Um, There's so much research out there, but how do we actually create containers where we can set up a structure that allows the energy to flow within partnership in that way. So if you want more intimacy, if you want more flow, if you want more ease, those are some of the key things that will set up a healthy partnership and relationship. And that's what you help couples with in your coaching. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I work with couples and actually, so we're going to be releasing this in the first week of October, So in like five days, my new couples container is going to be kicking off called Priority Partnership. So if you want more information, you can go to www.prioritypartnership.com. You can get a free workbook that will give you all sorts of information. And if there's any slots available by the time that this is released, shoot me a DM. I'll let you know, apply. You can step into this container. So the container is going to be six weeks for really purpose-driven couples, people that are already in it, they know like, this is my person, this is who I want to be with, and we're willing to do the work. And it's really to dive into those fundamental foundational things that we don't know, we don't know. So creating polarity within our relationship is one of the first things that we'll talk about and really starting to look at what is your natural essence? Where do you want to be? And why is energy so important in your partnership and relationship? We're going to dive really deep into communication. I'm going to share 
uh, communication process and structure that has absolutely changed Matt and I's relationship and has been so, so, so helpful. Um, we're going to talk a lot about, if you think about common complaints that exist within partnership and relationships, there's often a desire underneath that. So when we can do a reframe and a refocus, the way that we show up, the way that we fight, the way that we resolve challenges and things are going to be a lot different. So really looking at what is the desire underneath the complaint. And then we're going to talk all about your sexual foundations, your sexual essence. So we're going to talk about eroticism. We're going to talk about orgasmic states. We're going to talk about sexual energy and all sorts of fun things. That's everybody's favorite topic or the most scary topic for some, but we got to throw it in there. If you're coaching, Have with to. Me, we're, always, we're always going to talk about sex. And then um, we're going to really talk about like at the end, how do you create an embodiment practice moving into an embodied state? and creating rituals and a, a true practice to be in partnership because we're always evolving, we're always growing. And so we'll dive into each of that. So it's a really cool container because it's a, not only are you getting the education component and the teaching pieces of each of these different topics, but you also get a taste of how I coach couples. So I do individual calls with each person in the partnership. And then I also do couples calls. So it would be a one-on-one -on -one call and then a one-on-one -on -one to two call every other week. So the whole container is like 12 hours of couples coaching within six weeks to help you build the, the structure and the process so that you can really move forward and fly from that place. And so that's how I work with partners and couples is to be able to say, here's the information. How do you start to integrate it? Because I've done a lot of work. I've been in programs where you're like, wow, this is great. I'm so inspired. I'm so excited. How the fuck do I actually make it happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do I implement this? How do I implement it? We go right back into our normal routine. Yeah. And so I think that's the key difference is the embodiment practices that I work with people on because we have to change the body to change your mind. There's so much work out there that's like change your mindset to change your life. Well, our subconscious, our body mind is what stores so much of our conditioning and our patterns and things. So if we're not making those shifts on a physical level, it's never going to change in our relationship. Mm. So. Oh, so good. Kendall, that sounds like such a good program. And <laughs> What a great container that you thought of creating for couple. I love that it's for couples who are, who know like that this is the person they want to be with. Yeah. Right. And they're willing to do the work together and show up to strengthen their relationship and um, just build a stronger foundation for their yeah. partnership as they go through life. I think that's so, so awesome. So I can't wait to hear about how that goes and, yeah. and for you to like help couples. That's amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, I, it's, I think our biggest levels of healing is always our greatest teacher. And so yeah, as sure. I shared on this one, like I've been through some really fucked up shitty relationship experiences, but I've also made it my life's work and commitment to help and do that work in a different way. So yeah. we can show up and get the love that we truly deserve, desire and deserve really. Yeah. Mm. It's so true. I love that. 
So if we wrap this beautiful episode up and we really start to think about, okay, what are the action steps for you? So I think if we're looking at number one, if you are desiring to be in partnership and relationship, I would say your action step is to really look at what are those things you desire? What are those non-negotiables? What are the things that you want? Really start to say, okay, this is what I want and not settle for anything less. Yes. I think that's a great action step. Figure mm-hmm. out your non-negotiables. And I mean, I don't know, can you, is this something that you can do if you are already in a relationship and kind of revisit what those non-negotiables are in order to communicate with your partner? Yeah. Would you recommend that? Okay. I think that's great. I think we can keep it really simple and say, if you already are in partnership, take a look at it. And I would say if you're in partnership, the way I would facilitate that is you would each make individual lists. Okay. These are what I want. These are my non-negotiables and then compare your lists. So look at it together and say, where are their similarities? Where are their differences? And then have a conversation about it Mm. to say, okay, if there's a difference here, like, what does that really mean? And as you heard me give the examples, like, so one of mine is adventure spontaneity. Well, one of Matt's is outdoor and adventures. So for him, he needs to have his time outdoors. And this is where like, you get to be individuals. So he has to have his time outdoors. He has to go hunt and hike and do whatever he does outdoors. But I also have to have that adventure piece. So for me, we can do outdoor adventures together. We can go hiking together. We can travel together and do a lot of really cool outdoor things. And that's fulfilling both of our non-negotiables. So Mm. for him, like, I don't have to necessarily go hunting with him. That's not a priority for him. So it's knowing like, what are your individuals? I don't need him to sit on a beach with me all day, but I do need to be able to sit on a beach all day. So (laughs) it's like, you can have some differences and that doesn't make it wrong. So I just put that up where like, if your lists aren't the same five things, that's okay. It just gives you an opportunity to talk about them and say, why is it important? Yeah, no, that's important to know. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, I think at this point, if you want any more information on my container, if there are spots available, please, please, please reach out to me or you can download the workbook that's going to give you high level things that you can uh, work through with your partner for free. And you can find all of that at prioritypartnership.com for me. And Kelsey, for you, do you have anything you want to add before we close this one up? Yeah, well, I'm just so excited. It sounds like a great opportunity. You guys, honestly, I would look into that and learn more. Um, like I'm single over here. I'm like, otherwise it sounds like such a, such a great container. Um, excuse me. Um, no, I do. I do have a couple one-on-one coaching spots available. I have two open right now. So if you are interested in diving deep and doing some, some work around, um, your confidence and self-love and you really just need some support and some tools in order to redefine like who you are and figure Mm -hmm. out who you are without outside opinions, without the world telling you who you should be. I would love to support you. Um, just go to my website, findyoursexy.co or on Instagram at Kelsey Valletta and message me and we'll see how I can help you. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And like 
to really honor that space, mm-hmm. you have to do the work for yourself. You got to love yourself first before anybody can really fully love you. That's totally like a perfect way to come full circle is like when we talked about all those unhealthy reasons why people want to be in partnership yeah. and relationship nobody's going to complete you, sweetie. Like the, like you complete me is not going to happen unless you can complete yourself first. So that's where your work comes in. And it's so, so, so powerful. It's so true. So exactly. If you are single, like me listening to this episode and you're like, I want to be, you know, healthy on my own. I want to figure out exactly what I want and who I am. So I can enter a healthy relationship. When I meet someone who meets my non-negotiables and that person comes into your life, like, this yes let's do it let's let's get to work and um yeah this was so much fun to talk about what a great episode and i feel like this is such an important topic in conversation as well because we don't really think back about these things like why we desire what we do from relationships and partnerships and how it changes throughout our lives and what we really need to do in order to sustain a relationship that's going to last and be healthy and, you know, fill our needs and our desires. So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge, Kendall. You're just the best. So much fun. Always. This is my favorite episode every month. It really is. I love it. Okay, babe. Have a wonderful day and we all will catch you on the gram and we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For more information, visit findyoursexy.co or follow me on social media at Kelsey Valletta. And if you would like to leave a five-star review of the show, I would be so grateful. Actually, I can't think of anything that would be more sexy.